Thanks for downloading this podcast. podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by searching iTunes for Radio Le Mans or visiting RadioLeMans.com. Hello everybody and welcome to the start of the 2020 NTT IndyCar season. Well, not quite the start, but close enough for us to be talking about the season as we preview the action with our two North American uh, open wheel experts. Jeremy Shaw has watched it for a very long time and is at most of the IndyCar races. And of course, Shea Adam, one of our North American correspondents on Midweek Motorsport. Uh, hello to... Uh, both of you. Uh, Jeremy, before we get into the the bulk uh, of talking about the drivers and the teams, uh, one or two little tweaks uh, this year, notably the one that we'll notice and see, the uh, the aero screen. Yeah, well, yeah, but I'm wondering whether to continue. So are you calling me old? Oh, yeah, I guess you're right. Yes. So, um, great to be with you. Thank you very much for, 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 for calling. And um, yeah, no, lots of changes for this year. And yet the aero screen, the cars are going to look quite different. But look, you know, there was a lot of a lot of um, waving of arms and gnashing of teeth when the uh, when the uh, the halo came in a few years ago. And I must admit, I was probably one of the loudest critic, critics of it. I just think it looks wrong. Um, but look, you can't stand in the way of safety. Safety has to be the number one priority. Uh, I think the aero screen, from my perspective, it looks pretty good. If, the head-on um, view of the car isn't the most attractive, probably. Uh, it looks a bit of a kind of a hybrid there. But other than that, you know, it's 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 got a thumbs up from all of the drivers who, who've used it. They say it really isn't. Uh, uh, there's no negatives at all, only positives. So you know, you've got to go with that, have you not? I have a, 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 a serious question that I, I honestly don't know the answer and I'm not sure if it's been addressed. Um, what happens if it gets dirty or on a road course if there's a bit of spray? Are they going to have tear-offs on it, Jeremy, like you would have a, on a normal windscreen on a, say, a closed cockpit car? Indeed so, and there's been a lot of work done by the teams over the last month or so to, to prepare for that because it's not just one wrap-around screen. There's, it's It's kind of... It's it's like the sort of the split screen on the old B, uh, the old VW uh, VW Beetles. So it's two screens, the one on either side, effectively of the uh, of the central pillar at the front. So it's not the work of a moment. And yes, they will have tear offs. The question is how many, mm. how often do they uh, pull them off? And and if 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 for particularly for a long race, let's say for the 500 at Indianapolis. Um, you know, you, you might have or, or generally as a, as a, a tear off for the drivers, they probably have six or seven or eight on there. Well, that that could cause some problems in terms of visibility. So uh, there's a lot of question marks still being still to be answered there. Uh, but the teams have been working very, very hard to make sure that that isn't a problem. And in fact, IndyCar, I think a week or so ago, announced that an extra person is going to be allowed to go over the wall right. compared to normal with this. And all he can do, he or she can do, is uh, is deal with the tear offs on the on the windscreen. It could mean we go back to seeing people wiping windscreens as well, of course, uh, to save 
uh, to try and save a, a tariff. Jeremy, any other major changes in terms of regulations? Uh, calendar is is pretty well set, and there wasn't uh, too much n- wailing of gnashing of teeth when that came out. No, I think uh, not nothing too dramatic that I can think of. Shane's probably got a maybe a, a finger on the pulse a little bit better than me, but no, I don't think so. You know, same man, engine manufacturer, same car. Uh, you know, the, the, the aero screen, it certainly added a, a, a bunch of weight on the car. Uh, it's, it's a significant amount, a, amount of weight. It's, sort of, it's, it's 50 pounds or so at best, uh, and, and the weight is all high up. So it, it certainly altered the center of gravity on these cars quite dramatically. So that's going to be, that has caused quite a few, um, not necessarily headaches, but, uh, you know, it's something that the engineers have had to work out in terms of uh, keeping the center of uh, balance and pressure uh, of aer- for aerodynamics in particular on the cars comparable to what they've been in, in the past. Let's bring Shea Adam in and welcome her to our NTT IndyCar Series preview here in the Radio Show Limited network of uh, channels. There has been a few driver changes. We'll go through those as we get through the season, but gener- uh, through the programme, should I say. Generally speaking, she looking forward to the 2020 season? Very much so. And just to add on to uh, what Jeremy was saying about the calendar changes and, and also the aero screen testing, they were at Sebring the first week of March. Last year, the first week of March, they were racing at Circuit of the Americas. The conditions were not ideal at that point in time. So they've moved that race to the end of April. It'll actually be the week after the Long Beach Grand Prix. So that's the only real calendar change. But all the drivers running around Sebring International Raceway last week, quite hot the week of March at Sebring. Everybody seemed pretty satisfied with the results, even the airflow within the cockpit, not as bad as some of the drivers were thinking. I've seen a lot of people in the off-season so far, John, doing sauna training. They've been feeling like if they're going to be in a more closed cockpit car, they need to prepare to be in more heat. Well, given the responses from running at Sebring, they were okay with that amount of heat. Uh, Let's go through the teams and drivers then, and we'll start in alphabetical order with the team. So AJ Foyt Enterprises, they list Sebastian Bourdais, Tony Canan, and Dalton Keller. Who's doing what there in terms of who shares the workload throughout the season for AJ Foyt? So to to put it very simply, Sebastian Bourdais is driving the first three rounds of the championship. He'll be in the car at St. Pete, Barber, Long Beach, and then he's back in for the penultimate race, Portland. Tony Canan? Oval guy. He's going to be in for the 500 for Texas, Richmond, Iowa, and Gateway. Dalton Kellett, if you ask me, gets one of the best schedules in IndyCar because he's responsible for the number 14 Circus Indianapolis Road Course, so mm. kicking off the month of May. Both races at Belle Isle, Road America, Toronto, Mid-Ohio, and wrapping things up with the season finale down in Monterey, California. It's going to be a very, very busy number 14 car. A lot of different size seat inserts. Mm. I don't know if you've seen the three of them standing next to each other, but they're not the same. But still a very strong lineup for Foyt with his second car. Uh, This car, Jeremy Shaw, um, the the number 14 car, two names that will need little or, if any, introduction to most of our listeners in Sebastian Baudet and Tony Canaan. The young Canadian rookie driver is Dalton Kellett. So let's start with him. Where does he fit in and, and what do you expect to see from him this year? Uh, Dalton's going to struggle. Uh, he's done the last, uh, what, three years or so in Indy Lights. Um, you know, he's, he's, uh, you know, he, he's a 
a midfield runner. Uh, and th there isn't much of a midfield in IndyCar these days because it's just incredibly competitive. So it's going to be a struggle for him. To be honest, I'm a little bit surprised that Dalton isn't doing the oval races because mm. particularly on the ovals in Indy Lights, he's been really impressive. He's been on the pole um, two or three times on, on ovals. He's always run well. He's had podiums at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway and Freedom 100. So I'm a little bit surprised that Dalton didn't elect to do the uh, the oval races. But hey, look, you know, he's you've got to admire his ambition. You know, this has been his goal since he started out on the road to Indy, uh, what, six, seven years ago now. Uh, and he's finally achieved his, his dream. He's, he did some sports car races last season, loved it. But the goal has always been to get in, into the IndyCar the NTT IndyCar Series and, and the Indianapolis 500. And he's going to achieve that this year. And my hat's off to him and I, and I wish him well. It's certainly going to be a struggle for him, though. Uh, in, in terms of Tony Canan and Sebastian Bordier, and I'll stay with you for this, uh, Joe, is this the last hurrah for Tony Canan? Not a full season for him again. He's already doing stuff elsewhere. He's such a, an effervescent character, though. He'd be, I think he'd be a big loss to the IndyCar paddock, and, and surely the Brazilian driver still got something to offer. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, he, he this is this is going to be the kind of the farewell tour, I think, for for TK, and it is a shame. It, you know, he's got plenty of racing miles left in him, no doubt about that in my mind. But at this level, um, I don't know. You know, he's he's not going to get a ride with with the, with one of the top teams. But then again, you know, the, the IndyCar series is not like Formula One. If you're not in with the top three teams in Formula One, then you have got a hope in whatever of getting in the top <laughs> five and barely in the top ten. Well, probably not even the top ten. Well, no, three teams, there's six cars in it. So you're still going to struggle to get in the top five with anything, anybody other than the top teams in Formula One. That's not the case in IndyCar. Right. Uh, if, if, you, if you get your act together... Uh, the car is working well. You've got a good relationship with the engineer, uh, and the strategy works out in your favour. Importantly, then you can definitely get well inside the top five, and and you know hopes of victory are there for just about everybody in the championship. So no question, they can they can do uh, the job. It's going to be certainly interesting to see. Uh, how Sebastian and Tony kind of relate to each other. Unfortunately, they're not going to be racing against each other. Mm. Uh, so they're going to be racing on different uh, types of circuits. But, yeah, they're, they're both fast still. Uh, and I hope Tony find, looks out for other opportunities somewhere else to, to keep his hand in and, and you know, keep what is a tremendous personality in the sport somewhere. Sebastian, you know, he's going to be doing a full season in the, uh, in, in the Sports Car Championship, in the IMSA Weather Sports Car Championship. So we're going to be hearing his name a lot. Uh, but, you know, the fire still burns, doesn't it, for both of these two Agreed. guys, which is great. Uh, the other car is the number four AJ Foyt Enterprises car. Uh, that's got Charlie Kimball in it. Uh, let's hear what he's got to say ahead of the 2020 NTT IndyCar Series. Well, I think that uh, myself, I would not have survived, and I'm not sure my marriage would have survived another year on a partial schedule because it was it was really tough on me last year watching in races when I wasn't in the car. And, and I think the consistency of being in the car every weekend allows me to stay in the rhythm. I noticed last year that when I was out of the car for a couple of races, I got back in, it took a moment or two to knock some of that rust off. And my competitors, the other drivers in the NTT IndyCar Series, weekend in, weekend out are in the car, and they're in that rhythm and that mode. And, and the level of competition in IndyCar is so high that any – 
any drawback, you know, any moment it takes to, to get back up to speed puts you a long ways behind. So I come into this year really excited, uh, really appreciative of the opportunity to work with the Foyt name. AJ Foyt is, is a racer at heart and, and I see that culture that, that AJ and Larry have built all the way through the team. Um, and I, I think together we're going to work really hard to get back to where they as a team want to be and me as a driver want to be at every race. The Race with Insulin program has allowed us to touch tens of thousands of people with diabetes and, and empower people to, to chase their dreams, um, encourage people to, to get tested for prediabetes and understand what it means uh, for them as people. And, and being an ambassador for the diabetes community at the racetrack is is really fulfilling for me as a person and as a driver and and I can't thank Novo Nordisk enough for as you said their 12 years of support with me starting all the way back in Indy Lights and now they've been with me uh not only on my fire suit and helmet and race car uh at every race since but every day since every every opportunity when I'm managing my blood glucose and and taking my insulin uh, they are right there with me. Charlie Kimball, share Adam. It's good to see him coming back into the series. Where he's been a very interesting personality over the course of the years. The strong American kid. There was so much hope for him very early on. And he's so intellectual and so well-spoken that you know he's going to be a good advocate for the sport. That being said, there's so new people coming in and so many drivers who now like we were just mentioning Canon and Bourdais without full season rides you kind of wonder how Charlie Kimball is now back in a full season ride because over the course of more than 100 starts he's had six podiums total with one win that came back at mid-Ohio 2013 so it's been sort of um, a Nico Hulkenberg experience for Charlie Kimball, if you continue the, the comparison from Formula One to IndyCar. But given another opportunity with a strong organization, especially with teammates coming through who are constantly changing, I don't know how the season is going to play out for Charlie Kimball, but I tend to think it's going to be a difficult one. Uh, and Jeremy, how do we view AJ Foyt uh, as a, an organization nowadays that perennially uh, has been... Uh, not one of the better funded teams. Um, how are they going to fare in with the with the the huge mega teams that we'll be talking about shortly? Uh, can you ask me that in a couple of weeks, please? <laughs> uh, yeah, there's a new engineering structure down there at AJ Ford Enterprises uh, these days, and um, the, the jury is out as to how that will all gel. Uh, you know, Charlie uh, is, as Shay was just saying, you know, super analytical. Uh, as is particularly Sebastian Bourdais and, to a lesser extent, Tony Canal. I mean, you know, they work super hard at, uh, their, at their trade and they have great information to bring to the team. It's a question then of how the engineering team can, can pull that all together. It's certainly been a massively disappointing last few years. I mean, they've had various restructurings at AJ Foyt Racing and nothing really has changed. The cars, the, the number four and 14 cars remain struggling in the lower part of the midfield. So I really hope they can turn that around. I mean, Charlie... Uh, he has the ability, and as Shay says, you know, he's a super personality. As we heard from Charlie himself, he's just a, a great personality to have in the sport. So um, I'm hopeful that they can turn things around and they can at least be challenging well up amongst the top 10, if not better than that. Well, we started with a, a GM, a, 
Chevrolet engine team, Andretti Autosport in their various guises. One of the mega teams I was talking about, uh, that is Honda powered. Uh, any major differences, Jeremy, this year between the two engine manufacturers? It seemed to have evened out uh, sort of at various stages last year and we got a bit of a better competition. Yeah, no, I think it's, there's not much to choose between them. I think you know they, they seem to have little advantages here and there. Certainly last year, I think Chevrolet perhaps had the advantage on the super speedways, um, but and 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 sometimes at least Honda on the on the road courses, but certainly not always. Uh, so I think that'll be, remain fairly open again. Uh, so far as the team is concerned, Colton Herter is p- perhaps the uh, the biggest change there. In, in that's now he's now completely under the umbrella of Andretti Autosport rather than running as a sort of semi-satellite operation like it was last year. I mean, they, they did compare all the data last year, but this, this time I think they're all going to be um, you know, sharing the debriefs all t- together amongst that team. Uh, no real changes there other than the addition of, of Hinch uh, for a few races, which is um, not enough races by any means, but at least he's going to be back uh, for, for a few times. So uh, I think... We can we can expect much of the same as Andretti, from Andretti Autosport this season, i.e., running right at the front and challenging for the championship. The question for me is, can uh, Colton Herter or Ryan Hunter Ray get on terms on a regular basis with Alexander Rossi? Because Ryan Ryan Hunter Ray, let's face it, he might be following in in the sipsets of Tony Canaan here uh, and Sebastian Bourdais, unless he can step up. It was a really disappointing last year, I think, for Ryan. And he, he, he is desperate to turn that around, and particularly now with Colton Herder uh, joining them uh, under, the same, under the same roof, he wants to be right with me. He thinks he can be, and uh, that's why he's continuing in the series. So it's going to be strong. For Marco Andretti, you know, again, we, we, we've said this every year now for the last, what, 10 years almost, uh, Marco needs to, to up his game. Uh, he says he has. We'll see over the course of the next few weeks whether that, whether his his uh, optimism has been well founded. Come to you in a second, Shea. But first, let's hear from the driver of the number twenty-seven Andretti Autosport NTT IndyCar entry, Alexander Rossi. You got to be on your A game for the first first race of the year, which is you know, always a little bit of a challenge. Having been out of the out of the cars for a while, but. Um, we've been lucky enough to have some races since the season finale in Laguna, so um, you know, feel feel pretty pretty excited to get the season going, and hopefully we can roll off the truck pretty strong and, and have a, a fairly event free event free weekend. Racing is a pretty big momentum based sport, so uh, if you could start off the year on the right foot, it's it's a positive thing. Um, you know, St. Pete is a is an interesting place. You know, it's a very challenging street circuit. Um, you know, and it's one that most guys have a lot of experience on, so. It's always uh, very close and, and um, pretty tightly knit together in terms of, of the qualifying results. Most city races, street races that we go to, there's just kind of a, a buzz and an atmosphere that, that comes along with that, and, and St. Pete's no exception. And I think just the fan turnout's always really strong, and, and it's not only just people in numbers, it's, it's a really knowledgeable fan base, so that's always exciting for us because uh, you obviously have people that either love you or hate you. And, um, hey, that, that means people are passionate about it and excited to be there, which is, which is a great thing for everyone participating in, in the series as a whole. Sure. I mean, the biggest job here between all of the Andretti cars, and that's the Andretti Autosport cars and the Andretti Harding Steinbrenner Autosport and the Andretti Herder Autosport with Marco Andretti and Kerb Agagianian, 
fit all that onto your trailers uh, as you're going around. <laughs> J- James Hinscliffe, Ryan Hunter-Ray, Alexander Rossi, Zach Veach, Colton Herter and Marco Andretti. None of those particularly shrinking violets. Uh, in, in some respects, the management here have got a bit of a balancing act to do. I know they all run as individual cars, but what you can't have is any any intra-team issues there and, and pointing one driver pointing at another and thinking they're getting a better deal. No, and to be honest, you mentioned those names, and out of all of those names, the one who has the most to prove is Zach Veach. But mm. Zach isn't exactly going to stand up and say, hey, wait a minute, you're giving Alexander Rossi a better car than you gave me. When Rossi has been a championship contender True. for the last few years, you can't say anything about Hunter Ray, who's won a championship. He's won the 500. You can't say anything about Hinchcliffe, who's been on pole at the 500. He's won races. Zach Veach has the most to lay down on the line this year after last year not gaining a single top five finish. He only had three top ten finishes to begin with. You've got Colton Herta, the rookie sensation who swept the nation last year, getting the wins in his first ever season. Marco Andretti, who has stepped up, Jeremy, and one in fact, he's bought part of the team. So you can't <laughs> fire yourself as driver. So there is that being proven for Marco. But it is one of those things that you look at the names, uh, you ignore the, the team names on the side of the trucks, John, because I think they really would take up too much, too much space. But you look at the driver names and you think, mm. huh, yeah, there's not really a whole lot to choose between in terms of who would be a favorite driver because it could be any of them. They will be given equal equipment. It's up to them to step up and go out and make the difference. Not enough running for James Hinchcliffe. Everybody will say that, but he's kept hold of his uh, his Honda connection, Jeremy, and he's going to be gainfully employed in the booth uh, for a part of the season as well. You've worked with James in the booth before. He's not actually um, he's not actually going to be a downgrading, is he? He's he's a really really good broadcaster. Oh, he's brilliant. I mean, you, when he when you join me for the uh, for the IndyCar broadcast for the international shows, how long ago was that now? Was it more than ten years ago, I suppose, wasn't it? And uh, yeah, he was he was fantastic as a teenager, right out of the blocks. Uh, so he was he was a lot of fun. He loved it. He really enjoyed it, and he's going to bring a, an extra element to the broadcast this season. But yeah, he, he's still a racing driver. And uh, and he wants to get back on a full time basis, and I really hope he does because he's so good for the sport uh, when he's driving that uh, he 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 really does need to to be in there. Uh, let's bounce to the next team, Arrow McLaren SP. That's another Chevrolet team. Uh, two drivers that Jeremy knows very well. Let's hear from Patricio Award, but first here's Oliver Askew. I'm, I'm very excited to be partnering with with Pato and and. Um... 2020 um, I think we both get along very well and, and we, we have a very like you said a very similar uh, driving background and very sim- similar driving style coming from uh, the the Indy Lights car and, and working with Andretti Autosport as well um, you know our we have the we have the same drive to um, to be successful as, as does the team and um, we, we plan on, on working very closely with with one another to um, help each other grow and help each other get better in the series a couple of years ago, IndyCar looked so far away, let alone Indy Light. So it's been a whirlwind a uh, couple of years. Um, you know, it's a testament to the people around me, for sure. I mean, um, starting with, with Kate Motorsports and, and USF 2000 and Indy Pro 2000 and then Andretti Autosports, of, of course, this year in Indy Lights. Um, I've been surrounded by a lot of great people and I've been, giving, been, been given tremendous opportunities. And um, I've just 
based based my success off of uh, a lot of, a lot of preparation uh, beforehand, you know, before the season, before the races, and I've dedicated my my life to to racing, and um, I've sacrificed a, a lot to to get to this point, and um, it's uh, it's it's definitely an honor, and, and I. I, I believe in, in myself and, and the team as well. Uh, they have uh, plenty of uh, data and, and on board from from years past, and I, I believe that I'll be I'll be plenty prepared going into the first uh, race of the season. You know, the, the goal is to um, show show up in St. Pete not feeling like it's my first race weekend. So I think we have the resources to do that, and and we have a couple of test days uh, be- before that first race in St. Pete. So it's it's uh, it's all about front loading the. The off season now, and um, and just and, and getting ready for it. I honestly couldn't be more excited. Um, I think it's very big, uh, not just for me, but for Oliver as well. You know, we're 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 just starting our journey into the into the professional side of the sport, um, and it's something we've been working towards, you know, our whole lives. So I'm I'm very much looking forward to the opportunity. I'm very thankful, um, and I think you know there's there's no better team to do it than. Than with Arrow McLaren SP, I think the guys have just proven that um, you know that, that they have what it takes to win races, uh, to challenge for championships. Um, so I'm I'm very excited to you know to what the future could have in store. Well, there, there's been a lot of chat about this, Jeremy, about these two pairing up together for Arrow McLaren uh, SP. This is the old Schmidt Peterson team that uh, has been supported by Arrow for a little while. Uh, and Zach Brown and McLaren now part of the organisation, the overarching part of the organisation. I, I don't think you can argue with those two guys getting an opportunity to drive, but it was still a bit of a shock when they were announced. Um, yeah, to some degree, but you know, particularly, I mean, Sam Schmidt, he's always been supportive of young drivers. He True. always he. He wants young drivers in his cars, and particularly get, to get an opportunity to, to get a young American in the car with Olorescu, uh, alongside uh, Patricio. Uh, I think you know that's kind of an ambition that he's held all along as well, as has Zach Brown. So it, it's a great opportunity. Now that whole dynamic there. I mean, Oliver, they, they, they sort of did a deal with Oliver before Patricio kind of came back on the market again. But uh, I think it's going to be a great combination. Those two uh, are both super competitive young guys, uh, and I think will uh, surprise a few people this season. What's going to be also interesting, uh, of course, is at Indianapolis with Fernando Alonso rejoining that team after a disastrous time with uh, McLaren last year at, at the Speedway. He will be back this year. Uh, so you know, the, the prospect of Fernando Alonso, who's a, a proven champion, uh, alongside two up-and-coming champions in Patricio Ward and Oliver Askew, that's going to be uh, a uh, mouth-watering uh, month of May, I think, in Indianapolis. Uh, let's skip forward uh, because we've still got a lot of people to go through. S- single car team for uh, Max Chilton, British driver uh, at Carlin. Um, it's uh, always difficult when you're in a single car team, Shea yeah, Adam. Be two cars, John. There Sorry, will be two cars. oh really? Right, okay. There, yeah. Yes, the the second driver has not yet been announced, but it ah. could be someone we're very familiar with, John, because Felipe Nasser's been testing that car. Of course he he has. ran in Circuit of the Americas and at Sebring. He was the fastest driver at Sebring on the day in which that car participated. But for Max Chilton, it's a, an interesting schedule because he has vocalized in the past his, I don't want to say aversion to ovals, but the fact that he doesn't really enjoy them. He doesn't feel particularly safe on them. So his schedule involves 
all of the street and road courses. Again, if I was going to be picking a schedule, I would probably pick Max Chilton's schedule. You've got St. Pete, Barber, Long Beach, Coda, Indianapolis road course. He is, that car is down to do the Indy 500, but with a different driver. Then you've got Belle Isle, Road America, Toronto, Mid-Ohio, Portland, and Laguna Seca. It's pretty mouthwatering in terms of how that pans out. But it's a very good point that you bring up because who is going to be in the second car bolsters how strong, strong the Carling team is able to be. They've got the Chevy package, so we'll have team support from other teams or intro manufacturer support. But another car to have that data to bounce off of, particularly if it's with a driver who is able to give you good feedback, that would only make Max Chilton stronger. We don't yet know who is going to be the driver for the ovals, but we're expecting that announcement to come fairly soon. The first oval that car will be running on, aside from the 500, is Texas. So we wait to see uh, who will be piloting it. If NASA goes there, having been uh, testing for them, would that be a good choice, Jeremy? Oh, absolutely, yes. Uh, yeah, he was. I, I'd be surprised if he wasn't driving at St. Pete this, this this coming weekend. It's amazing. Here we are, just what three or four, you know, two days before the cars will arrive there and get set up, or three days before the teams will be setting up. There's still no announcement for that. But I, I I'd be surprised if it wasn't Felipe Nasser doing the first race at least of the season in that number 31 car. And uh, I think he'll be. Yeah, he'll open quite a lot of eyes because that 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 boy is good. And Max Chilton, you know, he's super optimistic going into this season. And I think Max is also going to be doing the Indy 500. Correct me if I'm wrong, Shay, but I think he's doing the 500. Just don't think he's doing the other Oval races. Um, Correct. But, Correct, Jeremy. Uh, you know, there's there's just lots of optimism there. I think at Carlin, particularly as Shay was saying, the car uh, they were fast. I think Max Max was quickest, wasn't he, on one of the days at Sebring recently. So you know, there's there's a lot of optimism there at the Carlin team, and um, it's certainly surprising that uh, the second car hasn't the, the the, whoever's going to be driving the second car hasn't yet been announced, but I think Carlin is going to surprise a few people this season. Uh, we could see Philippe Nasa doing uh, both IndyCar and the IMSA series. There are a, a few conflicts. Not um, many. No, there's I only think, one conflicts. Yeah, I think there's four, but but two are in uh, the only two that are in different locations. So he might still be able to do both. I think that might work from this year. Let's move to Chip Ganassi Racing, another one of the big wheels in every respect. And first, let's hear uh, from the number nine driver, Scott Dixon. Uh, I think everybody's just excited, you know. I think especially when you live in you know, the Midwest, everybody's uh, looking forward to getting you know to some, some warm weather. I think some of us have had the luxury of doing uh, additional races, which is always good uh, before the season kicks off. Um, but yeah, I think just the, the format of the IndyCar season right now and how long the off-season is and how little testing there is, uh, I think it's just a lot of built-up energy and, and people uh, eager to get going. So yeah, you know, I think there's there's no difference for me. Um, you know, I think everybody's just trying to prepare as, as well as possible and, and make the off-season, um, you know, gains and, and uh, developments um, <clears throat> and just try and tick off and, and fix the areas of you know, weakness, I think, you know, that we had last year. But um, ultimately, yeah, excited to get going and, and can't wait now. Um, you know, I think the the circuit itself is a is a really great layout. Um, you know, it has you know opportunities to pass. Um, you know, typically it's been one of our longest races, which I think they made some adjustments to the the, the actual race distance this year. Um, but it, you know, it, the, the the city really embraces the race too, which I think is um, you know really special. But you know, it's just the the general size of the event, the viewing areas, um, you know, the downtown atmosphere. Uh, and what you know, I think uh, you know, Green and Savory have turned it into has just been an all-round you know top race to to, to go to. So um, for me, it's just more it's more about um, 
it's a really tough track. It's it's uh, you know from the driver's side, I think it's quite technical and, and you know it's quite difficult to get right. It's one that uh, I've always wanted to win at and, and still trying to you know tick that box. It's definitely a challenging race and one that we've seen in the past too that for whatever reason can you know kind of flip the the field. We've, we've had a lot of winners from the back of the pack uh, at that place, and you know, I think that's more prominent to maybe you know just the start of the race and, and people you know kind of finding where they should be at that time too. So um, I don't know. I think it creates fantastic racing and, and it's a it's a circuit that you know all the drivers really love. I think the biggest thing that's changed these days is you know the team sizes. You know, there's a lot of teams with you know more than just two cars. Um, that really wasn't apparent when I started. Uh, so you kind of got more information to pull on. You know, more drivers plus you know the data and, and video. You know, um, the video especially I think is kind of evolved sport. Um, you know, and all the data you can you can pretty much have the data of any other person's car now, which is which is kind of interesting. Uh, and some guys are quite good at you know sort of analysing and, and copying that. So I think that that um, you know it's kind of helped. Uh, in one way, you know, quicken up the process. But, you know, I also, I think my first year had maybe 50 or 60 days of testing when I first came in, uh, compared to now where I think, you know, throughout the whole season you might get maybe six or seven or something, depending on, you know, uh, a test. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't know. I think for me it was it's always been the same process of of keeping an open mind. I think each weekend, you know, changes uh, significantly from, from the year before or even from race to race. Um, and, you know, never think that you know everything i think that's that's the worst position you can be in you know you're, you're constantly learning and, and it's constantly changing and, and i think the sport you know even over the, the last 19 to 20 years that i've been a part of it just how much it evolves and changes uh, from season to season is, is pretty impressive but it's cool to see you know i think it's uh it's fantastic to see you know the amount of young guys coming in now and and you know there was a pretty good influx probably you know five to six years ago as well uh, with a lot of the guys and, and you can see you know their performance and how they've adjusted and, and how close they've been so um it's it's extremely important for the health of the sport and, and hopefully they can uh, keep charging. Well, you can never count Scott Dixon out uh, for the championship share uh, until it's mathematically uh, impossible for uh, him to win it. He's often top of the list, top of most people's list before a wheel is even turned in anger. He's he's just had a, 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 a remarkable career with Chip Ganassi. He really has. It's been a dream partnership for those two, uh, Chip Ganassi and Scott Dixon. They've won just about every race together that they could, including the Daytona 24. You just look through the resume of those two as a duo, and it's very impressive. But Scott Dixon, as you said, he's not mathematically out of the championship until the checkered flag of the last race of the season. <laughs> and uh, either he's won it or he hasn't. So he's one of those drivers who's insanely consistent. But joined by two Swedish co-drivers this year, teammates, I should say, uh, it's going to be a different experience for Scott because they've been mainly a two-car team for a couple of years now. He has been a part of Chip Ganassi Racing when it's been a four-car team, and he still flourished back then. But I feel like this might be the first season, John, where he's got some real competition in his team. Well since we last had the great Scotsman in the car a long time ago. Well, I, 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 I don't know how you... Well, I'll ask Jeremy the question. How do you rate the two Scandinavians? Marcus Ericsson will be in the eight, Felix Rosenqvist in the ten. They are both drivers that I rate extremely highly. Um, which one of them would come out on top? Can you even pick that at this stage, Jeremy? No, I think it's, it's, it's going to be hard to call. I mean, Marcus Ericsson, he, he does now have a season. Well, the Both of them have a full season under their belts now in the IndyCar Series. Felix with the same team last season. Marcus 
over at uh, Schmidt Peterson. So you know they're both coming in here with a with with relatively level amount of experience. The the only difference being that Rosenquist won some races in Indy Lights a few years when, years ago when he ran a partial program there. But no, they're both talented. Uh, are they both potential superstars? No, I don't think so quite. But they're both, as you say, very, very talented. So yeah, they are ca- absolutely capable of running at the front. But Scott Dixon, he's a special talent. Mm. He might be getting up there in years now, but he's that ta- that talent is, uh, and, the, and the desire is still burning as strong as ever. So uh, Scott Dixon, I think, is still going to be the... the uh, the pace set of that Chip Ganassi racing. And I think having two teammates, you're getting back to having three cars uh, on a, uh, on a, that, that are all capable of running up the front. I think he's going to be good uh, for Scott Dixon and the Antar team and the series as well. So uh, I'm looking for big things from, from Chip Ganassi racing this year once again. Uh, Dale Coyne Racing next on the list, staying with Honda. Alex Palu in the Dale Coyne Racing with Team Gore. And Dale Coyne Racing with Vasa Sullivan is Santino Ferrucci, is that the same team Gore that used to race in sports cars, the Japanese team? It is, yes. And uh, they've been involved in. in um, Alex Blue drove for that team in in Super Formula last season. Uh, he's hugely highly rated, Alex Blue. I've never come across him before. I mean, I, I know the name from what he's done over the last several years in in Formula Three and the Open Open Series in in the Open Formula Championship. But uh, you know, he's massively highly rated. I'm not quite sure why, because he's never really had the results uh, that go with the reputation. But certainly he's got along well there with the team. Uh, and uh, again, lots of optimism there. But it, it's, it's a super steep learning curve to come straight into the Indica, NTT IndyCar series without knowing any of the tracks yeah. or any of the races, the, the, the way the races are run over here. So it's going to be a big ask for Alex Palou. Uh, and we'll see how he how he comes through with it. Santino Ferrucci, you know, he shone on occasion last season. Again, he's another guy that doesn't really have any uh, any any success in in his past, but he certainly showed well on occasion last season. And once again, like we we're talking earlier on, you know, if you get everything right on the day, you can you can have a really good result in the IndyCar Championship. That's one of the series' strengths. Alex, uh, another one of the IndyCar rookies for this year, as is the next team driver we're going to talk about. That's Ben Hanley for Dragon Speed here. Now, we know quite a lot about Dragon Speed in the sports car ranks. We know a bit about Ben Hanley as well. Um, it's going to be another, t- it, 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 for the same reasons that Jeremy's been talking about, it's going to be a tough year for Ben Hanley, isn't it? It is. Uh, Ben right now only confirmed run St. Pete. The team has announced that they're going to run Long Beach, the Indy 500, Texas, Mid-Ohio, as well as WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca to round out the year. And to be honest, in terms of good-looking cars with the new aero screen, the Dragon Speed car might just be my favorite so far. The livery really shines on this car. But Ben Hanley is coming off of a really strong start to the year. Got the watch at the Rolex 24 at Daytona back in January. He's got that confidence, and he has run St. Pete before, so he's got the experience on his side of that race. But it's still a very steep learning curve, particularly as we've been talking about, when you've got all this potential stored up in so many drivers. To come out at a race like St. Pete, where there's not room for error anywhere, to be the first race of the season, to try and stake your claim and let people know that you deserve to be here, that you can run more races, I don't be the job that Ben Hanley is going to have at St. Pete. Uh, and Jeremy Elton Julian uh, knows his way around a paddock. He is Dragon Speed. Is it fully Dragon Speed or are they getting help from, from elsewhere in that team? 
Uh, no, I think I think they're they're running. Good if Elton doesn't do things in partnerships with other people, generally speaking, if Elton Junior is going to do something, he does it. Yeah. He does it himself. Um, so I don't believe so, Shay. Is, no. Do you know anything more than that? I believe you're correct, no. but it is Good. that organization taking on, and it's a dream that Elden Julian's had for a while, Very much true. like another team owner that we'll talk a little bit later on with Meyer Shank. Not that far um, away, but, actually. Hmm. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Ed Carpenter Racing is next up. It's the usual shuffle in the 20 car. Ed Carpenter and Connor Daly sharing that car with a uh, young Dutch driver, very highly thought of. He'll be classed as a rookie this year, Renus VK, uh, in those uh, three cars. Uh, is is Ed doing, uh, Shea, is Ed doing the, the oval, uh, the bulk of the oval racing this year? Uh, Ed is doing the ovals in car number 20. Connor Daly will be doing all of the rest of the races in car 20. Connor has been confirmed to run the Indy 500, so that will be with a different car number than right. his full season ride. And he will still have the support of the U.S. Air Force, as he's had for the last couple of years. But bring his VK in his own car for car number 21 for the full season. Uh, and Jeremy, uh, obviously, we all know Connor. Um, some, I can't believe he's never had a, a better run and a full championship uh, in his last, I can't remember how many years, he's jumped in and out of cars, he's, he's shown well, Ed Carpenter doing what he normally does. Renish VK in this team, in some ways, is the one that people are going to be looking at, because he's, as I said, he's very highly thought of, he comes with backing uh, from his native Netherlands, from the same people who, who back Max Verstappen all the way to Formula One, and, and he's actually gone about his racing in the States in a fairly sensible way, wouldn't you say uh, absolutely correct. Yes, he's done it in, in by the book. Uh, he's he's got all the experience. He's done all the all the junior formula all the way up. He's he's moved very very quickly through the the uh, road to Indy ladder. But uh, he was second in USF 2000 back in 2017. He won the pro mat the uh, Indy Pro 2000 championship in 2019, and he was second in Indy Lights last season. Um, so the only the only guy who's beaten him in terms of championship in the road to Indy is Oliver Askew. Both of those two, uh, they've gone from, from basically from go-karting to IndyCar in four years. Wow. But uh, they, they haven't, they, they, you know, they've done it in slightly different ways in terms of the fact that Oliver doesn't come from any money at all to speak of. Uh, that's, a, you know, a regular family. He's made it purely on ability as on, uh, alone. Renus Fike, he's made it on ability and the fact he has some sponsorship as well. Don't think of him as a pay, as a paying driver. He's not. He's a really talented young man. Uh, he works super hard at it. Uh, and he is going to be, he's going to open some eyes this season, is Renus Fike. Uh, great that the, the Dutch... Yeah, the, the, the Dutch Motorsport Federation and particularly the uh, Jumbo supermarkets have been behind him now for a long, long time. Uh, I'm thrilled that they're giving him this opportunity to join Ed Carpenter Racing. It's a shame from my perspective it was at uh, the expense of Spencer Piggott, who I think was mm. just getting better and better and better. But look, Renus VK, he's there on merit and, and he is going to be strong this year. Uh, and expect to see the... Yumbo brand uh, in the US. I think one of the reasons that there's been a, a, a an expansion of, of what the the mainly yellow and black brand uh, are doing in the US, including potentially doing some stuff in other forms of US racing, including sports cars, as well, is that they are looking to expand their organisation into the US. So keep an eye open for that. Shay Adam, you mentioned Maya Shank Racing uh, earlier on. Um, Mike Shank, this is literally the fulfilment of a dream. He's been do, 
dropped a toe in in the last couple of seasons. He's got Jack Harvey, um, the British driver in the number 60 car. And I can only think that the excitement is at fever pitch at MSR at the moment. It's pretty viral around there right now, John. Uh, Everything has been over the top. The Instagram, the Twitter, the Facebook posts. It's just all about getting to next Sunday, the green flag. Because last year, they ran a partial season. Jack got a podium finish at the Indy um, road course circuit. The team was feeling really good. They're from Indianapolis. They're team-based just across the street from the Speedway practically. Everybody is ready to go to the point where they've been bringing the whole team to every single one of the IndyCar tests because they're trying to get everybody amped up about this. Mm. And it's one of those things that it's been a long time coming, as you said, a dream come true for Michael Shank to be able to have a team running in the IndyCar series for the full season. Jack Harvey, I feel like, has potential to be a big disruptor. Ah. He can make passes on people who don't want him to get high. So this could wind up being the little pink car that is a dark horse, if you'll forgive the pun. Yeah, is, is this a bit of a make-or-break season for Jack Harvey? He's got a bit of experience under his belt now, Jeremy, and, and he needs to, to consolidate his results? Yeah, look, he, he's, he is a potential star, Jack Harvey. He was part of the Racing Steps Foundation back in the UK, yeah. took him all the way up to a, a form, what, equivalent now of Formula 2 uh, before he moved, set his sights over here, uh, joined in Indy Lights. He finished second in the championship. Uh, you know, he's won, he won a lot of races. He's really talented as Jack Harvey, and it's great that he's, he's get, got this opportunity with Mike Shank, uh, Meyer Shank Racing. You know, Mike, uh, he's, he's an Ohio boy through and through, uh, and uh, he is just... Uh, super enthusiastic about this opportunity you know he knows how good jack harvey is and jack jack is out to prove it i I think they're in really really good shape this season and uh, i think he's he's going to be another guy that's going to be running in the top five on a uh, on a on a fairly regular basis of course they they're going to they're going to have some engineering help from andretti as well yes Uh, so that's going to help them um that's kind of the satellite operation that was you know last year with with um with uh, the Steinbrenner team with, for Colton Herder. So similar sort of arrangement there in terms of the data, which I think will help Jack as well. Uh, but he is super talented and he's ready to go. And by the way, just talking about one-car teams, I think Dry and Reinbold, Dry, Run, Dry and Reinbold Racing, they're certainly going to be doing the the, uh, the the 500 this year with Sage Karam mm. at the wheel of that car. Uh, and I think they're going to be doing the road course in Indianapolis as well. And I believe they might be actually at St. Pete this weekend. I haven't seen a final entry list for St. Peter's, no. but I believe that Sage Cannon might be part of that. So that's another little one-car team that's, you know, it's going to be an uphill struggle for them. But, you know, again, there's so much enthusiasm there at Dry and Ryan Ball. They've been around this sport a long, long time now, uh, and they're trying to get back to running a full-time program. And, you know, that's exactly the way that Mike Shank got himself. Exactly. Got him- in this championship, starting off with you know, an odd race here and there, and then building it up. So I hope that Ryan Reinbold can do the same sort of thing as Meyer Shank Racing. I think it's four races for for Dry Reinbold, isn't it, Chair? It is. They're also planning to run Toronto, in addition to what Jeremy said. But uh, yeah, we'll see if they actually do make it to St. Pete, as Jeremy said. Haven't seen an entry list as of yet, so uh, who we're, knows? No, we're a bit in the we're, we're working a bit in the dark, but best best efforts and best guests 
guess, guesses as uh, as we say, because you could be listening to this in the lead up to the race and be watching people forming up on the grid and thinking, why did they not talk about this car or that car? Um, for which we apologise. Uh, Graham Rahal, Takuma Sato and Spencer Piggott are the Rahal Letterman Lanigan racing team. Let's take Spencer Piggott first, Jeremy, as you mentioned him earlier on. Very talented young uh, American uh, racing with Citroen and Buell Autosport. And as you say, a little bit of uh, disappointment that he got bumped out of uh, the drive for, for VK, but he's managed to get at least some representation over the season. Yeah, he's going to be do- at the moment. The plan is just to do uh, the, the Indy 500 and the, the road course in Indianapolis. Uh, Robbie Buell, yeah, he's been around this sport a long time for many years. Actually, he was, he was part of that dry and ride bolt operation. Yes. He's now hooked up with a, uh, a, a billionaire hedge fund manager called uh, Robert Citrone. And they, that is another team that is planning or hoping to move on, you know, on uh, into a full-time ride in the future. Right now, they've done a deal with, with, uh, with Rahal Letterman Lanigan Racing. They're going to be running those two events with Spencer. And I'm a big Spencer fan. I mean, he's, He's one of those guys who just gets better and better and better. He's not one to, to stick his neck on the line, perhaps, but I think he's super talented. He's one of the best overtakers in the entire IndyCar field, and I wish he was doing more than the two races. Yeah. But at least, at least he's, he's got his name back in the fray with uh, Citroën Buell Autosport, which are going to be running in conjunction with the rail team, and that's going to be fun for, for them as well. But for Ray Hall and, and Sato... Yeah, we say this every year, don't we? It's it's time to step up and, and run a run a, a full uh, championship caliber operation. Um, yeah, Sato. I, I've heard rumours that this might be Takuma's last full season yeah. in IndyCars. I don't know whether that will come to to pass or not. Uh, for Graham, though, you know, the the signs have been there for years and years and years, and he hasn't delivered. He has won at Saint Petersburg before, um, and maybe he can turn that around and, and do it again this year. And and move that on to become a, a, a full full season championship contender. I certainly hope so because you know that that team is working really hard. They're trying to put all the pieces together. And you know for Bobby Rahal, uh, he's um, you know he he's still he's still a racer. And he, he, he and he he's always liked Spencer Piggott. He gave Spencer his first opportunity after Spencer Piggott won the the Indy Lights championship to move into the Indy cars. And Spencer has kind of taken it on from there. So he's kind of brought Spencer back in again. Uh, as a as a youngster to you know to, to g on these other two guys and mm. and uh, hopefully uh, develop the entire organization yeah i i i'm always happy when takuma wins because he's so happy and he's still obviously a fan favorite uh share uh graham uh, sometimes uh i think it depends which graham you get because i've seen him drive very um clever races sometimes they sometimes go off strategy in that team as well uh, and particularly when they perhaps haven't had the best cars on the ovals all of a sudden he's got a top 10 or a top 8 finish out of seemingly nowhere but I, I do sort of agree with Jeremy to say that they need to be those two need to be doing just a little bit more more often perhaps yeah it, it's funny that comparing that team to uh, Chip Ganassi Racing, for example, Chip has the two Swedish drivers, both the young guns who haven't yet proven themselves but have a lot of excitement around them. RLL has Graham and Takuma who have proven themselves. They have, I mean, Takuma's won the 500, Graham has won races, Takuma won several races aside from that big win. 
But both of those drivers don't fill you with inspiration about them potentially coming in and being able to win a championship. Mm. They're both drivers who will be good on their day. But Graham, he can be Tigger or he can be Eeyore. It just depends <laughs> on which character you get that day. That, For Spencer that's Piggott, fantastic. I say, out of all the drivers winning the Indy 500, I think he's my favorite in terms of person to come in and perhaps steal away a win because he's always so strong on that oval in particular. Yeah. He's been very good in the past with Ed Carpenter racing. Running with a Honda will be a different experience instead of running with the Chevy as he's been acclimatized to. But for Spencer Piggott, what better way to thank a man who's had faith in you for such a long time, i.e. Bobby Rahal, than by delivering him potentially the second big race win of the year. He's yeah. already got the Rolex. So, yeah, good point. You know, for Mr. Rahal, it'd be nice to, to round it out with a glass of milk. I'll be asking both Jeremy and Shea who they think will win the 500s, who will be the top rookie, and who will be there at the end of the season for the NTT IndyCar Series Championship. But let's talk about last year's Team of the Year, not just in the IndyCar Series, but basically across the world. To be quite honest, Shea, anything that Team Penske do this year, unless it's a carbon copy of last year, is going to be a bit of a disappointment. They would everything, didn't they? I say that with tongue firmly in cheek, by the way, because... Mr. Penske, the captain, will be the first person to say it all starts again from zero. And that's why they have the kind of success that they have, because they never rest on their laurels. Yeah, it's true. Uh, It has been a bitterly disappointing 2020 so far for Mr. Penske because (laughs) no car on the podium at the Rolex. So, you know. Darn it. And only two NASCAR wins out of, what, four races this yes. year. Uh, he's got a couple of supercar wins so far. It, it's been a rough one. Uh, <laughs> but no, it, it's true. They won in every single category that they entered in last year. They were champions in almost every single category of racing. It was an amazing season for Mr. Penske. And then capping it all off by buying the IndyCar series. So this is the first race Good season point. where it's under different ownership. And that's something important to acknowledge, too. But he's got five drivers total this year, three full season. Scotty Mack coming in to run the Indy road course only. And then some guy, uh, Elio Elio, Elio (laughs) Castroneves, to run the 500. Young Charger. It's going to be a heck of a year for Mr. Penske. Uh, And with Joseph Newgarden, Simon Pagino, and Will Power in respectively, Jeremy, the 1, the 22, and the 12, he's got three drivers that are absolutely known quantities uh, there Um, Joseph I think just gets better and better Simon is I think probably in the form of his life uh, and driving as well as he ever has done will well you know maybe he's the one who needs to do a little bit more this year out of that three that that trio he's probably going to make he made a couple of mistakes last season that he he's kicking himself for still so he'll be looking to eliminate those i think he's still uh, every bit as motivated as he ever was uh, despite the, um, the the family increasing there you know he's uh, i think i think it's hard to look beyond uh, team penske i think as as potential champions again this season you know they they just they tick all the boxes they do everything right um, and as Shay was saying scott mclaughlin uh, that's going to be really interesting to see how he does i mean he was just ridiculously good at Sebring and particularly at Circuit of the Americas mm. when he tested there. So uh, right now the plan is just to do w- one race event for Scott McLaughlin, but I know they're, they're trying to uh, 
to uh, extend that deal and, and having some more races as well, even perhaps looking to a longer-term future for Scott. For yeah, I, I, I think this is a prelude to him coming to the States. I, I, am I right in saying, Shea, that his wife is from the US and there's, and there's some uh, suggestion perhaps that coming back to the States from a family perspective uh, would be something that would tick a few boxes for the, fa- the whole family? There might be a slight ultimatum on Scotty <laughs> Mac, uh, a bounty on his head, per se, if he doesn't come race. No, but but for Scott, he does want a new challenge. I mean, he's mm. been so dominant in the Virgin Australia Supercar Series for the last couple of years that you realize that he's won every race that he dreamt of winning. He won Bathurst last year. Take that off the list. He's won the championship two years. He's now looking to defend it for a third consecutive year. He needs something different. And IndyCar is a completely different challenge for him. I agree with what Jeremy said. I think it's going to be a very interesting run when he comes into the road course because you don't have the fenders. You can't bump people like you can in the uh, form he is used to. A totally different genre for him to adapt to. I see him coming over here loving the race in May, deciding maybe another one come eh, September, wrap up the season, and then next year – I could very easily see him as the main uh, Antipodean in the team if Will Power doesn't get back on track, Ooh, which is crazy point. to say because Will Power was still winning races last year. And I did notice, Jeremy, and it's bizarre that we're talking about a driver who's only, for the moment, um, a, a single event driver for Penske, but I did notice that all of a sudden IndyCar is going to be covered in full in uh, Australia, um, which it hasn't always been. Uh, so there is a bit of a buzz going on about Scotty McLaughlin, and so there should be. He's a lovely lad as well. Um, Simon Pagenaud and Joseph Newgarden. Simon, a few years ago, was a bit of a super sub. He was popping up all over the places. He's established himself now. As I said, I think he's in the form of his, his life. And Joseph Newgarden, well, the superlatives just keep on coming for Joseph. They do. I, I, you know, he, he is, he's the real deal, Joseph. Uh, and uh, he's thriving in that environment there at Team Penske. Uh, I think the the team's still working as well together as they always have done. And uh, so I see nothing but uh, nothing but more success down the, down the pike here. And you know, talking of Roger um, and taking over the IndyCar series and of course the Indianapolis Motor Speedway as well. That's the biggest news that's happened in IndyCar racing for a very 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 long time. And uh, there haven't been any major enhancements yet. Uh, announced, I don't think, for the NGT IndyCar series as a result of Penske taking over. But I think I'd be surprised if there wasn't a few things that come up when we get to St. Petersburg later mm-hmm. this week. Uh, and certainly, you know, there's, there's talk already of the, the Winner's Circle program, which which guarantees an amount to each of the teams over the course of the season. That's certainly been enhanced. That package to the teams has been enhanced already. And I think that's going to continue to grow. So having Roger Penske in charge of that whole um, organis- the, the whole IndyCar sanctioning body. Uh, first of all, for anybody who, who has any question marks, no, there aren't. No. Forget the vested interests and and any, anything like that. That's not the way Roger Penske does business. So that's not going to have any effect on on whether Team Penske does better than anybody else. Forget that. Throw that out. Uh, it's just going to be good for IndyCar racing in general. They've already announced that the, the purse for the 500s have been increased. Uh, and as I say, for the winner's circle as well. So it's just it's it's all steps forward, I think, for IndyCar racing as a result of that Penske takeover. And for Team Penske, yeah, 
continue. They're, they're going to be running up right up front as ever. Somebody uh, was asked the question who, and I'm not going to say who it was, but I thought it was a good answer when they said, what do you think, um, what do you think the changes for the better uh, will be as far as NTT, IndyCar Series and Roger Penske? Is it going to be much? And somebody said, no, it's not going to be much. It's going to be everything, which I thought was what's going to change. Only everything, which it's very interesting uh, to see how that works out. But I'm with you, Jeremy. I think that it's only good news for the series and by extension for motor racing in the USA and particularly road racing uh, in the USA. All right, uh, time to put heads on blocks. Uh, Shea and Jeremy, uh, pick your winner. Uh, Shea, first of all, Indy 500. Uh, before this began, I would have said Elio Castroneves, but now that we've talked it out, I'm sticking with Spencer Pickett. Oh, right. Okay, that would be huge. Jeremy Shaw? I, I, funny enough, I was thinking of... Uh, Elio was was right up there on my list as well as he always is there. You finally maybe he'll finally get a little bit of luck there and join that that four time winners club. Yeah, good point. That he's been working so hard to, to join. But is this the year for Ed Carpenter? Mm-hmm. You know, he's been on the pole there before. He always runs strong. Can he put it all together this year in that number twenty car and go ahead win you know the the biggest race? I tell you what, uh, you talk about emotions in this sport, perhaps. There's not going to be anything much more emotional than the Ned Carpenter winning the Indianapolis 500. Jeremy, Rookie of the Year. Rookie of the Year. Ooh. Straight fight um, between I, Oliver Askew and Renus VK. Again, yes, as it, as as has been open wheel racing in North America yeah. at the junior levels for each of the last three seasons. Yes, I think it's going to be between <laughs> those two. Um, which one's going to come out on top? Oh, I don't know. I mean, if, if you look at the in 2017, it was Askew. 2018, it was VK. 2019, it was Askew. So is 2020 <laughs> going to be VK? We will see. That's your kind of progression there, Shea. That you like stats like that. Rookie uh, of the year, uh, one of those two, or somebody else? I, I do like progression like that. But I also really like Oliver Askew, so I'm going with him. Yeah, OK, that's reasonable. And possibly even more difficult than the two questions I've already asked. Championship at the end of the year, Shea. We've mentioned the big names. Uh, consistency is a key, which always, always means that Scott Dixon and Chip Ganassi Racing have got to be considered. Who else is up there and who ultimately are you going to go for for the championship? Well, you said this one is difficult. To me, this one is pretty straightforward and easy. There's one driver has been professing, proving, showing that he wants this more than anything else. Even his strength in the past, before he's completely focused in on this goal of winning the championship, he's been extremely strong. The 2020 IndyCar champion is going to be Simon Paginot. Oof. Right, okay. Jeremy Shaw, is this uh, Alexandra Rossi's opportunity to get it all right and and make that championship run? Uh, is it another championship for Joseph Newgarden, or does Dixie come back strong, or is there someone else? Uh, I, I think all of those are, are uh, sensible choices. You know, certainly Rossi, his biggest problem is going to be the fact he's got Colton Herter. Uh, nipping at his backside the whole way along but no my money's once again going to be on on joseph newgarden well we'll be following very closely not just from st petersburg the first race of the year but uh, getting jeremy and she on throughout the season on midweek motorsport on rs1 on a wednesday at eight o'clock uk time jeremy Shea, thank you very much indeed 
What I do know amongst all of that that we've talked about is this is a quality driver and team lineup for the NTT IndyCar Series. And let's hope it delivers us an absolute classic year of racing. This programme is a Radio Show Limited production. Tell your friends there's more at RadioLeMond.com.